Welcome to another story podcast from The Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder. And I'm Sarah Severson. We're the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by John Kameller at our live storytelling event at the end of March when the theme was Second Chances. John lives in the woods between Mancus and Dolores, Colorado, with his wife and two dogs. He's a jack-of-all-trades. He's worked as a river guide, high school teacher, helicopter mechanic, general contractor, dog sled guide, and most recently as an archaeologist for the Department of the Interior. John struggles daily with the ought-to-do and the want-to-do. And if he had more time and more motivation, he would walk more miles and do more yoga. Here's John's story. The sound was all wrong. Actually, it's more precise to say that the sound wasn't what I expected. A lifetime or childhood of, of action movie sound effects had conditioned my mind to look for something deeper and more resonant. A sound that conveyed the significance of its origin. I wanted to be deafened, but it turns out that the sound of a bumper punching through the leg of a 15-year-old is actually a short, dry, mid-range thing, quick and dull like a car door slamming across the street. We skidded to a stop, and from a long way away and yet very close, I heard someone say, we have to get out of here. My friend Glenn was a terrible driver. He rarely wore his glasses and he needed them to see the road. Um, he was a lazy driver. He lay his seat all the way back and built a pillow from his bed to the headrest so it would prop his head up so he could see. And I always imagined he was the proverbial little old lady looking under the arc of his steering wheel driving down the road. And Glenn drove fast, and he drove without much attention. Um, he just kind of seemed to point the car and press the go pedal. One time, he and I were riding out on this country road, and he made the first 90 degrees of the 180-degree turn, but didn't make the second 90 degrees. And we went right into the ditch. I mean, no attempt to avoid, no slowing, just vroom, bang, we were in the ditch. And it took us an hour of of rocking the car and pushing and dust and spinning tires to get us out. In fact, we spun the tires so much that the next morning, the front tires of his car were flat. Well, there were four of us in the car. I was riding shotgun and we were headed to a party in downtown Colorado Springs. We were on Uinta pushing toward Nevada Avenue and Glenn was doing 50 plus miles an hour and I, I saw a sign, it was a 35 sign, I told him to slow down. I was always a touch uncomfortable when he was driving. And we approached the intersection and he started, he started to ease off and I, I saw the kids start across the street. And I did the mental geometry and I knew we were going to hit him. He was behind the crosswalk in the shadows cast by the streetlights under the trees, wearing black jeans and a brand new jean jacket. And he had dark hair. I, I couldn't see his hair from that distance, but I remember his hair 
above his upraised arms in the headlights. I looked down for a minute uh, at the radio or my shoe or something. I mean, I didn't think anyone was going to happen. I thought Glenn had seen him. I thought he saw us. I figured nobody was that stupid. And we had the green light. <laughs> we had the green light. And when I looked back up, there he was, one foot planted on the, one, on the road, one raised in mid-stride, his arms up to shield his face. And then there was that sound, that quick, dull slap. And he was over the hood, and we were skidding to a stop. And from the distance, and yet just terribly close, I heard a voice say, we have to get out of here. Let's get out of here. And then somebody else said, no way, we can't do that. We've got to help. And we got out, and it was quiet. And I thought, we've killed him. And uh, there was a, a lump by the side of the road and by the curb that I couldn't quite identify as human. It was so jumbled. And then people came out on their, on their stoops and somebody said they'd call the ambulance and somebody else said that they had seen the whole thing and it was clearly not our fault. He was behind the light. He was in the shadows wearing dark clothes, playing chicken, and we had the green light. And then he started screaming. And it was quiet at first, like tentative, uncertain. And it built quickly into just this unending wail, like, like the scream of a deeply wounded animal. And I looked at him closer, and I could see that his ankle was twisted up by his hip. And he was profoundly broken and he just kept screaming and I thought I wish he'd shut up and then the cops showed up and I remember flashing red and blue lights and just feeling sick and frightened I was pretty sure we were all gonna go to jail and at some point at some point we walked down the street and bought a pack of cigarettes and we stood by the side of the road smoking while they interviewed Glenn in the police cruiser. And the ambulance took the kid away. And I remember one cop talking to another about a, another pedestrian versus vehicle accident he'd recently worked where the, the victim's teeth were embedded in the asphalt and he'd had to pry them out. You know, in that... <laughs> that morbid humor way that people who do that work have to adopt in order to stay sane. And another cop got out a little wheeled meter and rolled it along our skid marks, measuring them to try and translate the rubber on the road into our speed. And they gave Glenn a ticket for doing 39 and a 35. And the, the, the cop said, you know, it was clearly not our fault. The kid was in dark clothes, playing chicken behind the crosswalk in the shadows, and we had the green light. Uh, and it ended up that they'd, you know, they scheduled his, 
his court appearance, it turned out to be uh, President's Day. And so the ticket was dismissed and that was it. And Glenn went to see him in the hospital. Um, and I remember him saying that the kid wasn't, he didn't blame us. Um, you know, that, that, that he was nice and, and and he just didn't blame us. He'd been playing chicken, and he, and he lost. And I remember that he was going to need a bunch of surgery and rehab. You know, that was uh, 31 years ago. And I, I wonder now and again what, what his life turned out like, you know? I mean, with an injury like that, at, at 15, like, what did that do for the rest of his life? And uh, I wonder what he'd think of me if he knew that I'd seen it happening and I didn't say anything. And I wonder what he'd think if he knew that when we skidded to a stop, it was me that said, let's get out of here. Most of all, I wonder what it would be like if I'd been the one to say, no, we have to help. Thanks, John, for telling that story. To hear more stories like this one, subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can also leave comments and share these stories with your friends. And to find out what the themes will be at upcoming events and to pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives live storytelling event, go to our website at ravennarratives.org, check out the events page, and then fill out the form on the contact page to pitch your story. The Raven Narratives also offers group and one-on-one storytelling services to support organizations and businesses. More on those services is also on our website. You can also see a photo gallery of our storytellers there, taken by the incredible McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots Photography. Find out more about her photography services for shooting your portraits or special events at redscarfshots.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. Now for an outtake. God bless America, land that I love. Wow, we are like not in tune, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I thought that that was like no? right on key, wasn't it? <laughs> Isn't it was. that what you're right? I know. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> we should also sing together after we do co-producing. We should. We should. I don't know why you haven't we invited me into your group. I know. Your quartet. I don't know why either.